Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 42 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Unfortunately, as you've probably heard already, I have some pretty bad news to start this week's episode with. As of right now, opening day of the 2022 MLB regular season has been canceled, with possibly many more regular season games following a similar path after a new collective bargaining proposal failed to be agreed on. As I mentioned in this segment of the episode from last week, Major League Baseball put a Monday, February 28th deadline on the new proposal before regular season games would start to be canceled. And honestly, leading up to that day, things started to look a little bit promising. So many deals were starting to get ironed out that many baseball fans, me included, thought that the owners and the players might actually be able to hammer something out by the end of the day on Monday. Progress came to its height right at the end of Monday as negotiations went well into the night, finishing finally at 2 a.m. on March 1st. Since so much progress had been made up to that point, Major League Baseball decided to, once again, extend the deadline just a little bit more to account for it. The new deadline was Tuesday, March 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Throughout the day, I found myself constantly looking at my phone, at ESPN and Twitter, hoping to hear some good news before finally receiving the faithful notification that the owners were planning to submit their newest and best proposal before 5 o'clock that day. Less than an hour later, a new notification came across. Much to the fans and the owners' displeasure, the players' union unanimously denied the proposal. It seemed as if, after the literal day-long negotiations that preceded it, the players' union didn't like a single part of the new proposal. Just a couple minutes later, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, made a press conference announcing that opening day, as well as the first two series of the season for every team, will be officially canceled. And many more writers and analysts believe that that's only the beginning. There's a good chance a good number of games will be canceled day by day. So, I'll be sure to keep you updated, as usual, on when we can hopefully expect to see the start of the, well, now shortened, 2022 regular season. Anyway, let's talk about something a little more fun now, and dive into the best players from each team in the American League West, starting with the Seattle Mariners. Now, I want to just preface this. Before I start, this was a really hard division to truly find the best of the best. You see, each one of these teams has multiple Hall of Famers, or soon-to-be Hall of Famers. Not only that, but a lot of these players either have admitted to, or have been linked to, or assumed to have used performance-enhancing substances at some point in their career. So, let's get into it. The Seattle Mariners have been around for just 45 seasons now, and have had a bit of a rough go when it comes to postseason baseball. They've made it to the playoffs just four times, and have never actually won a pennant or a World Series for that matter. But that doesn't mean that they've had a lack of talent. The three that stand out to me the most 
among many of the Mariners' greats are Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, and Ichiro Suzuki. Edgar Martinez, the Hall of Fame third baseman and DH, certainly makes quite a case with his 2,247 hits, his 309 home runs, and a career batting average of 312. But get this, he had a career on-base percentage of 418. Almost 42% of his at-bats ended up with him standing on a bag. That's unreal. These stats definitely explain the five Silver Sluggers, the seven All-Star Games, and the two batting titles to his name. Not only that, but he played with the Mariners for his entire 18-year career, from his MLB debut at the age of 24 to the day that he retired at the age of 41. Another guy, Ichiro Suzuki, certainly knows a thing or two about long careers. Ichiro played 19 years in the MLB, 14 of which were with the Mariners. In that time, he collected 2,542 hits, 3,292 total bases, as well as an MVP award and a Rookie of the Year award in the same year. Ichiro often played more games than anyone else, giving him more plate appearances and at-bats, giving him the chance to get more hits than anyone else, which he did seven times in his career. Not only that, but Ichiro was, and still is, one of the greatest right fielders of all time, with his 10 gold gloves complementing his career 993 fielding percentage. Ichiro only committed 38 errors in his entire career. <laughs> but I, I think probably the most popular Mariner legend still just barely takes the cake in the form of Ken Griffey Jr. Griffey, often nicknamed the kid or the natural, played 13 of his 22 seasons in a Mariner's jersey. But in that time, he led the MLB in home runs four times. He earned an MVP award and gathered 10 of his 13 All-Star appearances in that time. Griffey finished his career with 2,781 hits, 630 home runs, which, by the way, is 7th on the all-time list, and a career 284 batting average. Oh, and he won the home run derby three times as well. But, much like Ichiro, Griffey was also just an incredible fielder. The all-time Mariners center fielder grabbed a 985 career fielding percentage, committing just 89 errors in his entire 22 seasons, which, if you're doing the math with me, is about four errors a season. <laughs> I mean, that by itself explains the 10 gold gloves that the kid has sitting on his mantle. The 121-season-old Oakland Athletics are next, with their nine World Series rings, and with all the talent that that team has seen, including Jimmy Fox and a guy literally named Home Run Baker. I've come up with two pitchers and a speedy left fielder as my top three for the Athletics. The pitchers, Eddie Plank and Lefty Groove, are two very highly celebrated Hall of Fame pitchers from the early to mid-1900s. Plank threw 326 wins with just 194 losses and a career 235 ERA and 2,246 strikeouts 
in his 17 seasons in the big leagues. Also, just a kind of fun fact, he had a career 206 batting average and 7 home runs, as well as 13 stolen bases. <laughs> Lefty Groove, on the other hand, had 300 wins and 141 losses with a career 306 ERA. Groove had 9 ERA titles and won the Triple Crown twice in 1930 and 1931. In 1930, he won his second World Series ring, but in 1931, he won his MVP award. But I think both of these guys are kind of overshadowed by the stolen base king, the Man of Steel, Ricky Henderson. Henderson flew all around the league during his 25-year career, but spent the most time, 14 years to be exact, with the Oakland Athletics. Along with his three silver sluggers and a gold glove that reflected Ricky's 3,055 hits and 297 home runs that drove his on-base percentage a point above 400, Henderson led the league in stolen bases 12 times, the last of which came at the age of, get this, 39. Henderson also walked a lot, leading the league four times, and scored a lot, leading the American League in runs five times. But you really get a sense of Ricky's career when you add all of his totals together. Ricky holds three all-time records that will more than likely stand the test of time with most career runs scored, most career stolen bases, and most career times caught stealing. Let me put this into perspective for you. Ricky scored 2,295 runs in his career, 50 more than Ty Cobb. And although Ricky was caught stealing 335 times, 28 more than anyone else, he stole 1,406 bases, which is 468 more than anyone in the history of baseball. That alone is so incredible, he is just automatically my number one Oakland A of all time. <laughs> The next one, for the Los Angeles Angels, I feel is a little bit easier to decide. Now, although this team has been around for 61 seasons, with a World Series championship under their belt, I think one player really sticks in my mind for the best of all time from this organization. I also believe that this is the best player of our generation, since he made his MLB debut just 11 years ago. Now, I know that's a very bold claim to make, but I think a lot of MLB fans would agree with me on that. I mean, of course, it has to be none other than Mike Trout. Trout has been in the league for 11 years now and has already won a Rookie of the Year award and the MVP award not once, not twice, but three times. And need I mention that he came in second place in the MVP voting four more times? <laughs> I mean, Trout has led either the American League or the National League in 31 different regular season stats in this time. Anything from runs scored to on-base percentage and slugging percentage to even the number of times pitchers were too scared to face him and the managers decided to intentionally walk him. Well... 1,419 career hits, 310 career home runs, and a career 305 batting average definitely would strike fear into my heart if I was pitching against him. <laughs> also, just for hitter's sake, 
don't hit the ball to Trout. Much like Ichiro, he has a career 993 fielding percentage. And get this, 20 errors. That's it. He's committed 20 errors in 11 seasons. Incredible. The 9-time All-Star, 8-time Silver Slugger, 2-time All-Star MVP, Major League Player of the Year, and Wilson Overall Defensive Player of the Year, definitely has a couple accolades built up as well, which will come in handy when he'll eventually retire and look to make a push into Cooperstown. Something tells me, maybe Trout hitting 333 in 2021, that he's not going to be retiring anytime soon. <laughs> the Texas Rangers are next, and this was one of the two really hard decisions to make as far as the PED discussion goes. The top two Rangers in my mind have to be Ivan Pudge Rodriguez and Rafael Palmero. However, Palmero, we know for sure, took PEDs as it actually kept him out of the Hall of Fame despite his career stats. And Rodriguez has been accused of taking some as well, although never fully proven. Now, although Pudge still claims that it was just hard work and dedication that got him his place in Cooperstown, many people believe that he's the reason guys like Bonds and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, let me tell you the stats and just let you decide. Starting with Palmero, the hard-hitting first baseman, he clubbed 3,020 career hits and 569 home runs on his way to four All-Star games, two Silver Sluggers, and a Major League Player of the Year award in 1999. After he retired, he sat in the Hall of Fame poll for four years without really gaining much ground, and then was discontinued. But it still doesn't discount the terror that he created at the plate. Pudge, on the other hand, became one of the best hitting catchers of all time, recording 2,844 hits and 311 career home runs. And how about a career 296 batting average in his 21 years in the MLB as well? Behind the plate, Pudge was a brick wall. A 991 career fielding percentage shows that off, along with an all-time record of total zone runs as a catcher with 169. Which, if you don't know what that stat is, it's basically the total for the number of runs above or below an average that the player was worth based on the number of plays that the player made. So, it's a bit of a confusing stat, but an impressive one nonetheless. And finally, we have the Houston Astros, which I think boils down to two big names as well, and two guys that played a lot of their career right next to each other. This includes Hall of Famer Craig Biggio, and Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell. Now, both of these players have been recently questioned, just like Pudge with the Rangers, if they had any involvement in PEDs. However, no evidence has surfaced for either as well. Much like Ichiro, Biggio played in a lot of baseball games, playing three 162-game seasons. Biggio had five seasons where he led the league in plate appearances, and he very much did not waste them. In his 20-year career, all 20 of which were with the Astros, Biggio clubbed 3,060 hits and 291 home runs, which culminated into a 281 career batting average. Biggio ended his career with five silver sluggers, a nice collection, but also collected 
four gold gloves as he made 2,817 putouts and assists in 2,972 attempts in this kind of four-year span. That's good for a 947 fielding percentage. Bagwell was pretty similar in his career as well, playing 162 games four times in his 15-year career and proving why day after day at the plate. Bagwell finished his career at the plate with 2,314 hits and 449 home runs with a career 297 batting average to go along with his 408 on base percentage. Some mighty impressive stats for the six-foot-tall first baseman. Bagwell, however, collected an MVP award, a Rookie of the Year award, and a Player of the Year award in his career, as well as a gold glove and three silver sluggers as well, of which I think narrowly edges out Biggio from that number one spot. So there we go. That was a look at the best players of all time from each team in the American League West, headlined by Ken Griffey Jr., Ricky Henderson, Mike Trout, Ivan Pudge Rodriguez, and Jeff Bagwell. In next week's episode, we'll switch it up once more and talk about the best two sport athletes, the MLB, and the other leagues that they were in have seen. Thank you for listening.